Welcome to the business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym, the podcast for strength entrepreneurs. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Business of Strength podcast. I'm your host, Coach Joe Strong, and I'm here with my business partner, Dan Goodman. And we're bringing you another episode of the Business of Strength. And today we're going to do a little like reverse order kind of Q&A. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go first this week. and I think we're going to do another one in a week or so. And Dan's going to ask me a bunch of questions from my perspective of, of my role here at the gym and kind of how things have evolved. And so, you know, now being, you know, 43 years old, being in the strength and conditioning industry for 25 years and being the CEO of a company, my role has changed quite a bit. So just kind of talk a little bit about some of the things that I've seen over that over that period of time and, you know, how that role's evolved, what things have changed and stuff like that. So this would be a great, you know, kind of insight for anybody who's running a company that's in the, you know, whatever stage, if you're in the beginning or middle stage of your life cycle to, you know, kind of create a lineage in your head as to some of the things that maybe you, you, you will encounter in the future or, or things you might be encountering now and some of the perspective that I might have, you know, to help you kind of navigate through that. So, um, and then, you know, I'm looking forward to coming up with a couple of questions for Dan in a week or so and talk about his role here and, you know, what he's done with his marketing and stuff like that here at the gym over the last few years. And, you know, things have changed so much uh, in response to that area. Just, I would say purely, you know, in the result of technology too has changed things so much. So, um, awesome episode. I'm looking forward to this. As always, we, we please give us a five-star review. It really, really helps us out. And uh, make sure you check out thebusinessofstrength.com uh, for all your business gym business needs. And uh, sign up for one of our two-day uh, mentorships here at Varsity House. We have the next one coming up in December 5th and 6th. That's a Thursday and Friday here at the gym. Two days. Peel back the curtain an awesome immersion into the world of Varsity House and everything we do here. We'll break down all of our systems, our processes, our people. You know, you get to meet the entire team. We'll have some, we'll have some great lunches. We'll go out for a nice dinner. You'll meet a whole bunch of gym owners and strength entrepreneurs from around the world. And it's just a great way to network, connect, and, and, and open your eyes to, you know, some of the things that we're doing here, you know, and, uh, and just give you a, a, another perspective, a 30,000 square foot view perspective of some of the things that you were doing versus what we're doing and how you can, you know, use some of that information to create a better, a better workspace for yourself. So that's businessofstrength.com. And, uh, hit me, Dan, what do you got? Yeah. So before we get into this guys, you know, the, the inception of this, this episode or these two episodes, the first one starting with Joe is in the last few weeks, Joe and I have been redoing our accountability chart. And at the top of the chart is him and myself. And it's, you know, locking ourselves in a room and, and being critically honest with each other with, you know, what do you do? Like presently, what do you do? Uh. And, you know, it, it's a tough question to, to answer, especially as the business has evolved, because what Joe does and what I do for the business present day has changed dramatically over the course of the last 10 years. Uh, we've had a lot of failures, but hey, we're still sitting here and we've had enough success to put us in this position today. Uh, you know, as most people, uh, successful business entrepreneurs would say is that success leaves clues and, uh, and so do failures. But, um, you know, we, we want to give you guys insight as to 
some questions that are frequently asked within our mastermind group, some questions that are frequently asked inside of our internship program that happens here every summer uh, that is soon to happen every spring as well. So it's going to be a, a short episode. I have five questions, uh, you know, knowing Joe who this could go from a 30 minute episode to an hour episode, but we'll see how it goes. So the first question I got for you, Joe, is I think a lot of times people talk about the weaknesses of an industry, but this being the strength and conditioning industry, I want to talk about strengths. Okay. So today, what do you think that the biggest strength in this industry is? Um, I think it's just the ability to connect to other people and, and, and learn from others in a way that didn't exist a decade ago, 20 years ago. Now with, you know, social media, um, Zoom, like we're doing right now, and all these other platforms like Slack, you see how Adam's connecting with coaches around the world using Slack. And, and so now I can literally hop on a call with another great coach, gym owner, you know, practitioner, anywhere, anytime, get a face-to-face, -face, you know, webinars, Zoom calls, you know, all different types of platforms that are available now for learning. I mean, shit, I was literally talking to Joe PowerPro on the way and he pulled up next to me and I was listening to an audio book in my car, right? Those things weren't mainstream availability in the strength and conditioning industry years ago. Now, now you have so many ways to absorb information from other people that I think a young person coming into the industry um, can, can really ascend themselves a lot quicker than they could have when I started in, you know, the mid to late nineties, you know, just didn't exist then. So that's, that's probably one of the biggest strengths. And then, and then I would say just, uh, you know, the new generation of humans, not, you know, and I'm not going to, it's not millennials. It's not Gen X, my generation. It's whatever the new gen, I don't even know what they call the new generation of kids are. There, there seems to be a real connection to information, especially when it comes to technologically based information. I see so many more seminars, mentorships, things like that. So you could literally go to a new type of learning thing every single weekend nowadays and a lot of them you could do online so you know that's kind of my thing is, is the willingness you know the technology providing the platform and and the the new wave of of you know strength coaches that are willing to learn from yeah anybody. that's great insight do you think that that's improved the ability for young coaches like as a whole do you think the industry has left like let's talk back 2000 like a strength and conditioning coach that was training athletes do you think the quality you know obviously we're talking about averages but do you think yeah. the quality of coach has improved as a result yeah for sure man because i mean look at i mean look at ourselves i mean when even when we started in 2006 how adversarial were a lot of the local coaches in the area who were who were in a sense ahead of us that maybe we could have looked up to as mentors but they saw a couple of young bucks come into their area and they were like, F these guys, we're not going to even talk to them or blah, 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 blah. Right. So I think social media, and we talk about this with our athletes where there's no real rivalries in sports anymore because all the athletes know each other via social media. But I think, you know, I, I consider some of these people that I've never met almost like friends. We DM, we talk online, we send each other emails. They're not like my BFS, but we've built this connection. So for sure, 
young coaches can can you know I think I think I'm not gonna say they're better than coaches from my era, but the quality and quantity of information allows them to get to a higher level much faster than what they could have in 1990. I mean, in my day, it was read books. That's it. Yeah. Read books and travel to go find a mentor. Yeah. The speed of implementation, I think, in any industry oh. is, is... I mean, yeah. because of technology right now, if you're, if you're not implementing fast, you're dead. You know, you got you to keep up. I mean, it's, and, and the way people are wired now, you, they want information yesterday and, and all the time. You know, yeah. So, okay, cool. So that brings us to our second question that is about implementation and it's in regards to leadership, you know, being the operator here, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are either a one person show or they're, they, they're managing two or three or 10 people. What do you think the number one quality to be an effective leader and implementer is, uh, not just in the gym business, but any business. You know, it's funny cause I was just working on an article for the BOS on this this morning. And I really feel like the number one thing, and it's something that every, everybody who's ascended to any level of success struggles with, and that's getting rid of your ego and envy. You know, you have to, you have to go into, you have to lead a team with no ego. And, and we, I say it all the time in our team meetings, I'm, I'm not concerned with being right. I'm just, my biggest concern is that we get it right. You know, so, so if, if you think that I'm doing something wrong or you think that I've done that, that what I'm, what I'm saying or what we're doing is incorrect, I want to create an environment where everybody feels comfortable to say, Hey, Hey, Joe, I, I think a little differently and maybe we should present it from a different point of view. So that's one is the ego and the envy thing is, you know, something that that everybody struggles with you know as the, as their roles change you see other people doing something maybe you you used to do or could do or and we struggle we struggle with this a lot with a lot of people in our in the in our mastermind where like gym owners always feel like you know what if i'll just do it myself because i'll do it better right and, and a lot of times what that comes down to is that when you see somebody else do it and then maybe do it better than you. They're like, oh, wait a minute. Is that making me less valuable? And, and, and we had a discussion a little bit about this yesterday. But like, ultimately, our employees' success is a reflection of our leadership and success as leaders. You know what I mean? So like if Phoebe is doing an infinitely better job than I ever did at lead follow-up, you know, I'm super happy for her success because now she gets a win as an employee and, and ultimately who's really winning us, you know? So, so ego and envy are probably the two biggest things that you need to be a good operator and leader. And, and uh, I, I had, I just wrote down a couple things here and that was, you know, being able being not being afraid of having to have candid conversations is super important. You know, in here, you know, I've had to be the good guy, the big brother, the bad guy sometimes and, and have open and honest conversations. And, and that's probably the hardest part about being, you know, the operator and leader here is, is that there's sometimes when you have to have a conversation with another grown man or woman about something that really is in a sense, stupid or in, or, in, or, or, you know, minuscule in the scheme of life, 
but in the scheme of business culture and dealing with clients and, and other employees might be important and you have to have a conversation about it. So that kind of stinks. And then, and then the last thing I wrote down here was, uh, was, I mean, this is probably my superpower is, is just, a just having a, a critical eye on everything we do and, and what we do right versus what we do wrong and always looking for a way to improve constantly. How do we, how do we get, everything better from literally from keeping the bathroom stocked with toilet paper to putting the best training product on the floor, you know? So those are some of the qualities there. Yeah, absolutely. One, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick is you talk about, you know, potentially like a team member superseding you to become a a better at a certain job. I, I, the first person I always think of, and this documentary is on E60, Bill and Bill, yeah, Bill Parcells, yeah, Bill yeah. Belichick. If you ask anybody, you know, look, I mean, Vince Lombardi's probably the greatest coach of all time. But when Bill Belichick's all said and done, you know, I know there's a lot of Giant fans listening here, but he's probably <laughs> gonna, ask Bill? he's probably going to be the best coach that ever lived. I, I mean, so. you know, but you think about it's not just Bill Belichick, but Bill Parcells laid the foundation for dozens of NFL head coaches, dozens, and many of which have gone on to have careers that are more illustrious than, than his. But if you take somebody like Bill Parcells and you ask these coaches candidly, who made the biggest impact in your career? It's Bill Parcells. And you look, he hasn't been a coach in the NFL in over almost two decades, but he's still always involved in the consulting process with the Miami Dolphins. He's, he, he just had a consulting role with the XFL and you know, there's a, there's never a shortage of work for Bill Parcells if he wants it. I mean, look in, in that episode when I, and it's funny because I literally just saw it again a couple weeks ago and Bill Belichick, they're interviewing Bill Belichick and he says, I can never, there's no way that I could ever thank Bill enough for what he did, giving me the opportunities, the insight and taking me. I, I used to be able to, I was a young coach, special teams coach, and used to be able to walk into Bill's office and Bill would sit down there and ask me questions about what I thought about the defense. And he'd break down the entire defense for me yeah. and that information and that knowledge that he shared with me so openly, you know, transformed my life and my career, you know, yeah, and so. on that giant team guys, like, you know, LT had no respect for him. And the person yeah. that bought him the respect was Bill Parcells. So yeah, at having his yeah. back and, and being open and honest with him. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that goes along with like, you know, some of the things me and you talk about all the time here. It's like, you know, like given Mike, like big Mike, our, our big Mike, our head strength and conditioning, you know, it, it's giving people a platform to lead also, you know, so it's not undermining him at a team meeting. It's not, it's allowing him to have his own meetings. It's allowing him to lead in his way too. So I think, you know, like, we, you know, kind of cliche, we always say like good leaders always, you know, help foster other leaders, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So this third question is going to kind of um, play on the first one a little bit. And, you know, obviously you talked about um, the ability for a young strength coach to level their ability up. Well, if that's the biggest strength of the industry and, you know, their ability to connect with others, what do you think that, you know, a 22, 23, 24-year-old strength coach, what's the biggest obstacle they're going to face in 2019 or 2020 coming up? Um, so, uh, uh, 
you can kind of flip that right upside down and say the the sole reliance on technology as a means of communication in lieu of old school building real relationships and actually building a mentor finding a mentor like for me it was like you know i i sought out people went to their gyms spoke to them on the phone built real relationships and still use that model today me and you I would say the vast majority of the great clients and businesses that we work with are because of personal relationships. I have transcended into having lots of acquaintances online and people that I know are all around the world through social media and stuff. But the people that have influenced our business the most and me as a coach, business owner, so forth, are tangible people that I physically have lunch with, go see, meet, talk to on the phone. So I think that's, you know, now that's kind of like the, the age of, of people coming in where you see all these teenagers, you know, just chatting on the phone. It's funny cause I'm sitting here and we have 25 boys in the gym yesterday and there's like 15 girls in the gym and they, the girls are come over on break for a water break and like nobody even looks up at each other. The girls go right to their cubby holes to check their phones and the boys don't even look up from their phones to see what these girls are up to, you know? So that's kind of a challenge in and of itself. Cause you know, I, I don't think anything online will ever supersede that real relationship. Um, another challenge is, you know, again, I'm going to flip a strength upside down and that's, there's so much information out there that it's so easy to just be like from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and never take the time to dive in and implement something to the point of mastery. You know, there, I mean, you were there at the beginning of Varsity House, conjugate methodology and the West Side Method was law you know what i mean and i had spent 15 years doing nothing but that yeah and, and getting really good at one thing getting kids fucking strong you know what i mean and, and i knew that you know bang for your buck and i believed everything louis was telling me if you got strong the other strength attributes kind of took care of themselves right and um and now obviously that system has evolved a lot but, but I think kids today, and, I, and I'm seeing this in our mastermind, I'm seeing this in our mentorship groups, in, and I'm seeing this in our own gym, it's this to this to this to this to this. I'm reading dozens of books on things, and there's 14 different systems, and everybody's trying to sell something. Pick something, ride it through till, till you are like an absolute freaking expert in that something, and then move on to something, and, and then add other tools to your tool belt. Yeah, absolutely. To to piggyback on what you said there, this is kind of a, from a sales perspective, but you see a lot of young coaches that have maybe a year experience, a year and a half experience, and they want through social media and those platforms acceptance from their maybe people they look up to in the industry and they're posting exercises and they're posting routines and explanations of things that probably don't resonate well with their target market. And the things that they're talking about are not what's going to ultimately 
drive them to be busy in the gym. You know, it's like, I think by doing great work with the people that you are working with, for instance, if you're working with track and field athletes, if you spend three years focusing on getting kids really fast and in great shape and producing unbelievable results, if you do that for three, four, five, six years, that will gain you respect from the people that you are looking to gain respect from. But you have to make sure that the messaging online is to, is to that target market and like how they can easily do business with you. For sure. For sure. And I think that's, that's, that's thing too. Like, you know, you see tons of posting of look what I'm doing in the gym, but connecting with people again, it goes back to the technology and the, I can hide behind social media. I can hide behind a computer. I'll create awesome click funnels and I'll do great posts and people will like me and respect me. And, and I think that the, the golden, you know, ticket is like when I think of like a, a guy like, you know, like that's here, like Adam, you know, who's putting into practice every day and coaching the shit out of a bunch of kids in the gym and getting great results, but still, you know, yeah. putting out a great message at the same time, definitely, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. So that, I think that's really important. Cool. So um, next question, this is kind of a, um, I saw Smitty Diesel on, uh, on social media in the past few weeks, post a couple different excerpts um, of advice to, to himself in his twenties and advice to himself in his thirties. A lot of it was like um, personal self-care business. Let's, I kind of wanted to piggyback on that and, and just really focus on the business aspect of you being a strength coach and strength entrepreneur in your twenties. Um, I, I was not an entrepreneur. Right. So <laughs> you talk about that a little bit. So advice to yourself in your twenties as a strength entrepreneur. So it's, you know, I really can't. So it's funny. I'm, I'm really into this book and I've been telling you about it. It's called radical, radical candor, um, by Kim Scott. And I highly recommend it. And, and it's, it's got some great insight into managing people. Okay. And, um, and I've learned a lot. I've taken notes. This is my second time actually going through the audio book and I bought the book and I, and it comes, there's actually like a, like a workbook that she sells with it too. So I bought that because there's some really great stuff in there. And she talks a lot about self-care. And the one thing that you need to be an effective coach, leader, mentor is presence. And I don't mean presence like a big personality presence. I mean, being present for your team, being present for your athletes or clients and stuff like that. And if you're having a shit day at home or you're not sleeping or you're out partying on the weekends and things like that, there is no way, shape or form that you're putting your best self forward. And I think if I could go back in my early 20s and do something a little bit differently, it would have been thinking a little bit smarter about what I was doing personally and how that translates to professionally portraying myself as a world-class coach, you know, not that I was like some recluse animal, but I was definitely, you know, out a little too much, didn't sleep the way I should. I was crushing myself in the gym and taking a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day and, you know, feast and famine type of dieting and stuff like that. Didn't 
you know, at that time in my life of training, strength was all that mattered. Lifestyle, feeling good, and, and like, you know, longevity didn't exist. So I would say that that's one thing that did hold me back, you know, because I probably could have been a lot better and, and if I had thought more about how I'm, how what I'm doing outside of the gym is affecting what happens in the gym. And that's one thing. Um, but I guess from a business standpoint, I would have told myself in my 20s to learn more about business. All I cared about was strength. All I cared about was the X's and O's of strength and conditioning. And I read, studied, and mentored feverishly in that realm and then opened up my first gym and be right before I was 30, like 28, and realized that crap. I haven't, I haven't read anything on business. Like I, you know, I don't know anything, you know, so yeah. I bar- I didn't even know how, like where to turn to create an LLC and stuff like that. So, you know, thankfully I had, I had met Justin indirectly and you know, that kind of fell into place. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's good advice for people <clears throat> professionally speaking in their twenties across the board, right? Like if you're somebody that, you know, you, you, you treat your body like an amusement park from Thursday till Sunday, fun day, yeah. you know, you're hanging on for dear life on Monday. <laughs> you're, you're getting your bearings by Tuesday at lunch. Yep. And then you're by Thursday at lunch, you're p- planning on where you're going to get beers that night. And then you're hung over on Friday. So how much work are you actually getting done in a, in a given week? It comes back to, it's like, you know, never mistake activity for achievement. It just because you are there and present doesn't mean you're getting anything done. No, you know, and I, I always look at it from the standpoint of, um, you know, professionalism, you know, uh, you, you have to, nowadays you have to, you have to think so much about what you're paying forward to yourself. You know what I mean? And like, you know, so that, that was one thing. And I would say like things changed in my thirties, I got real serious once I opened up my business because then it was like, it was kind of like the change that happened once I left high school and went to college. All of a sudden you were on your own. Your, your, your future was up to you at that point. Right. And like, I I was a good student in high school. I was an excellent student in college because I had a sense of pride of accomplishment and because I was paying for most of it myself and blah, blah, blah. You know, I took that ownership and pride in my early twenties going from like when I started training people 19 to like 28, when I opened up the gym, I was working for other people and it was always like a sense of like, Oh, maybe it may be subconscious. Like F this, F that F it's not my business, you know, type of deal. Right. And then once I opened up my own business, things got really real and, and I focused in a lot more and changed a lot more. And then, you know, and then now, now in my forties with a family and a kid, it's like, you know, well, this this is this is the ultimate right know. we'll talk about it a little bit you know started the business in 2006 and you're uh, 28 you know talk about how you know things shifted when you were 28 into your 30s and you know advice that you'd give yourself in your in your early 30s you know that's when we you know pretty much you were in Northvale we moved from Northvale yeah. to Ultapan we partnered up uh, talk a little bit about what type of advice you'd give yourself in your early thirties. Read more about business for sure. It's always, you know, learn, learn how to lead, learn how to manage, learn how to operate, you know, learn how to work with a variety of different people. Um, 
I'd probably, you know, even though I would not rely on it as a sole form of, of, of marketing or such, get online early and, and have a great presence, learn how to market, learn the nuances of technology based marketing, social media, email marketing, things like that, automation, you know, stuff that we haven't learned until literally within the last couple of years, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, learn those things, uh, system, system, systems, create the systems that you don't even know that you need before they, you even have a need. Give like an example of a system. Uh, so, uh, like, so like an onboarding system, you know, like how, what happens when a client calls the gym, emails the gym or walks in the front door, what process do you put them through from start to finish? How do you follow up with them? What's your communication look like? How do you over deliver results and show them, you know, uh, your expertise and such like that. And literally you might know that in your head, but a lot of your staff and the staff that you might not even have yet won't know those things. So if they're not written down and verbalized and taught and reviewed and, and graded upon and things like that, it's never, a, it's not a system. It's just one dude with stuff in his head. Nice. All right. Well, if we could kind of, uh, kind of bring 4A and 4B together, how have those experiences uh, led you to your current role and, and mission, not only, not only from a business standpoint, but personally as well? Well, I've gotten a lot softer as I've gotten <laughs> older, you know. Um, having, a, having a son now has really changed my perspective on what's important to me, right? And again, referencing the book, you know, radical candor. She talks about different phases of people's lives and what type of growth trajectory they're on and whether they're on like a fast or slow or, 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 you know, let's call it zero growth trajectory. And, and kind of the things that have shaped me the most, you know, being that I coached 70 hours a week for years and years and years, gave me a lot of perspective as to how to lead, you know, our coaching staff and I give them valuable insight and I have that perspective and experience that, you know, falling on my face a bunch of times as a businessman and having to eat a giant piece of humble pie many times, you know, gives me the humility to listen and take criticism from everybody and, and, and have a, have an environment where I want critical, um, you know, you know, let's call it, you know, um, assessments of myself, the business and what we're doing, where, you know, I want to create that where like, if you would have said in my twenties, it, it probably would have been, you know, the thought process would have been, it's my way or the highway, you know, where now it's like, great, here's, here's my vision. Here's what I want to do how do we make this happen team? You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I, my biggest mission now is to get everybody else to see the vision and, and, and say, hell yeah, let's get on board of that spaceship and, and make it happen. And, you know, and, and I guess, I guess lastly is, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time and I'm kind of like the old man here. It's like, I want to be able to, you know, help the other people on our team achieve the same level of success and fulfillment that I've had from the industry and giving back to the community and doing good by people and such like that. And 
I'm looking forward to, you know, the day when you have a family and, you know, big Mike's getting married in another, in another week and a half or so. And, you know, as we've grown up together, um, all of those experiences of building this gym with you and Mike and now the younger, the newer crew like Adam and Simone and things like that ha have influenced, you know, our personalities and the, and the direction of the business greatly. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome stuff. You got any like closing remarks that you want to make about it? <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, like, look, I mean, as a, as a whole, you know, I love what I do and I come to work every day with a sense of unbelievable, you know, thankfulness and achievement. And the fact that we get to, we got to turn something that we like, you know, we're going to be doing anyway. If, if, if me and you didn't own this gym, we'd probably be meeting up at the gold's gym to train after work, you know, whatever careers we were in, you know what I mean? And I would say, you know, I have to pinch myself sometimes and remind myself that I, I I'm one of the very few people who gets to go to work every day to live their passion and make money off of it. And I don't have a, I don't have to go to a job that I check off the job box and then go somewhere else to find my passion. So that's super exciting. So if, if I'm any beacon of hope for anybody else out there, like another young strength coach or somebody who's thinking about whether or not they can turn fitness into a career, um, you know, don't quit your day job, but turn that hustle into your, in, into a real thing. And, and, you know, one day when the side hustle is starting to outweigh the nine to five, kick that shit to the curb and make it happen. And you'll never work in a day in your life. Yeah, no, that's awesome stuff. I really, uh, that's great insight. And like I said, in the beginning of the show, it's like success leaves clues and, 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 and so do failures. And obviously, you know, Joey's very candid about a lot of failures that happened and, you know, the best, the best thing that anybody could do it. Like, listen, if you're five years ahead or 10 years ahead, like the best, the best thing to do is look at what made that person successful. And obviously, you know, we've lasted the test of time where most businesses don't last to see the first three years. So here we are almost 15 years later and uh, look forward to the next 15. Awesome, man. Thanks, Dan. I like it. I like the questions. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Peace out. The business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym. Turn your passion into your profession and learn how to run a world-class business. Be sure to visit us at www.varsityhousegym.com. Become unstoppable.